Empire. Welcome to Inside the Cap. I'm your host, Joel Corey. You can find me on Twitter at Corey Joel. That is C-O-R-R-Y-J-O-E-L. And also, you can read my regular column, Agent's Take, at CBSSports.com. We're going to look at two things today. The new media rights deals and also uh, the first wave of free agency. Um, Free agency, which started in earnest on the 17th, um, St. Patrick's Day. Um, there's the 52-hour window where you could uh, negotiate with teams prior to that, which started on the 15th, so that's when most of the deals were agreed to, but technically couldn't be signed um, until the first day of the league year started at 4 p.m. Um, Eastern time on the 17th. But all that was overshadowed by the announcement of the media rights deals. Now, that's something that had been anticipated that would be coming um, at some point, probably before the end of March, but... The NFL business is good. Um, reports have the media rights deals being for 11 years. Um, I've seen reports as low as $100 million, as high as $113 billion, I should say billion, over the years. Uh, $100 billion to $113 billion over the 11 years. Um, deals run through 2033. Uh, current TV deals don't expire until after the 2022 season, except for the ESPN deal, which is done after 2021. So we're basically talking about an roughly 80% increase annually on the uh, rights deals. So we're talking about, you could peg it at $10.27 billion per year, up from $5.67 billion per year at the highest uh, reporting of the deals. Now, uh, one new thing is that um, Amazon Prime exclusively is going to have Thursday night uh, packets, so it's going to be all streaming. Um, you're not going to see it on, um, except in local markets, on how we've had it before, NFL Network or, or a, a uh, broadcast network like CBS, NBC, so forth, or Fox. Um, that's what's going to be different. Um, Amazon potentially can get playoff game, depending upon hitting certain viewers, viewership thresholds. I don't know what those are. But um, NFL can opt out of the TV deals after seven years. So that'd be uh, heading into two, two, 2030, they could opt out. Um, and I anticipate the NFL will unless something goes terribly wrong <laughs> in terms of uh, football <laughs> um, ratings or football interest going substantially backwards. Because by then, the NFL will figure out how to exploit gambling revenue in a significant way, and they're going to try to hit rights holders over the head again at that point as well. Now, what's interesting is they do have an out for seven years. CBA does not have an out for the players. They're locked in through 2030. <laughs> um, so I always thought the 2011 CBA was too long. Now, I thought this CBA was too long, where you should have an opt-out after five years, six years at max, to take advantage of changing circumstances. It's interesting to me that the owners get knocked out in the TV deals. Players are stuck after that. One thing that um, is going to happen, I think, franchise values are going to skyrocket because now we have CBA stability and TV rights, uh, media rights stability as well. Um, 17th game um, comes into play. 
uh, that that's probably going to start for the 2021 um, season. Now, significant thing is because we had the 80% increase, or roughly 80%, that means the meteorites kicker goes into effect, which was at 60%. If the new deals were more or 6% increase, then the player's revenue share is going to go from 48% to 48.5%. So that's good news for the players. Now, how's all this going to affect the salary cap is a big issue that everyone is uh, worrying about or, or wants to know. Probably not for 2021. I mean, for 2022. Uh, first, we got to pay back probably in 2022 and also 2023 the money that was borrowed to keep the cap from going to the projected $160 million uh, range because of lost revenues. So we got to borrow some of that. We got to pay that back. <laughs> pay back what we uh, used this year to keep the floor above 180. We're at $182.5 million in the cap this year. So. That's going to blunt some of the increases. Then the other thing is, how are the increases, once the new TV revenue kicks in, hopefully hopefully we get back to $198.2 million, which is where we were um, 2020 for next year. Then it's going to become, how are they going to put the new money in? Now, when I was an agent, I saw meteorite deals come into play twice. And they didn't do it like they did in 2011, where it was phased in or smoothed in. Um, it was one big dump. Back in 1998, the salary cap went from 41.454 million to 52.388 million. Now, it doesn't seem like a big increase just from a numeric standpoint, based on increases we've had recently numerically. The difference between the two years has a 26.3 percent increase on the cap. So that was one big spike. And also, which coincided with that spike was. Um, Something which was uh, near and dear to my heart, the uh, player rep board decided that they were going to uh, take the maximum fee from 4% to 3%, but grandfather in anybody who was on a 4% contract. So you basically were cutting agent fees by a quarter (laughs) um, by doing that. Um, Max fee is still 3%. That survived um, an attack a couple of years ago um, where... The players wanted to cut the max fee to 2%. But now, and then in, in 2000, I think it was 2005, 2005, 2006, it went from 88.5 million to 102 million. That was a 19.3% um, increase uh, cap wise, um, uh, percentage wise. So we'll see if it's one big spike in 2023 or 2024, or it's going to be great uh, phased in gradually. But we do know. That each team is getting over 300 million per year annually uh, from just the TV rights or broadcast media rights deals. <laughs> uh, so NFL business is booming. What's up? It's Mike Jones from the Football Jones Podcast. I know you're enjoying your time with Inside the Cap, but once you're done, I want to invite you to come over and check out my podcast. Each week, we take a deep dive into some of the most pressing topics around the NFL high-profile guests from the coach, player, and front office ranks, as well as the top league insiders. Check out the Football Jones Podcast, another fine product brought to you by Empire Media. Let's look at some of the uh, major developments uh, from free agency since we can safely say the first wave of free agency is now over. The biggest surprise out of anything was the Patriots' Bill Belichick 
very aggressive right out the box. That is uncharacteristic of the Patriots. Typically, they're not making a big signing early in free agency. They did um, a few years ago with uh, Stefan Gilmore signing him to a five-year, $65 million contract. Uh, Gilmore is now in the final year of the contract, and there has been speculation that he will be traded because he wants a new contract, so uh, we shall see. But it was just the onslaught by the Patriots. Um, prior to free agency starting, they re-signed Cam Newton as quarterback, which um, conventional wisdom suggested that Cam Newton was going to be going elsewhere. One-year deal. $5.1 million as a base value, $3.5 million guaranteed. Max is out at $13.6 million uh, with incentives. That's not money for what a guy who is pinned in to start. He's penciled in to start. I wouldn't be surprised if they drafted someone with the 15th overall pick, but they have upgraded the talent around Cam Newton or whomever else is the quarterback. They agreed to a trade before the league year started to get a tackle. Trent Brown, who... They gotten in a trade uh, draft day a couple of years ago from the Niners. Had a very successful one-year run in New England. Comes back. Had two years left on his uh, contract with the Raiders for $29.25 million. Agrees to play for one year for uh, $11 million, And they lopped off to last year. That was before they got started in free agency. Free agency, they go out and first sign Jonu Smith to $50 million over four years. $12.5 million per year tight end. $31.25 million guarantees, all fully guaranteed at signing. That is the most fully guaranteed at signing in a tight end deal. George Kittle has $40 million overall guarantees, but 30 fully guaranteed at signing. Was not expecting that to happen. I thought if Jonu Smith could get above Austin Hooper, who signed last year to become the first tight end to ever sign a deal for more than $10 million per year with the Browns, if he could get above $10.5 million per year, That'd be awesome for him. Did not see this deal coming, particularly since some other positional markets were affected by the cap dropping from 198.2 million to 182.5 million, but not tight end. And the Patriots weren't done at tight end. Then they go out and sign um, Hunter Henry from the Chargers, two and a half million per year as well, but 37.5 million over three years, Uh, 25 million fully guaranteed signing. So to me. It looks like they're trying to replicate the success that they had briefly in the uh, early 2010s um, with Rob Gronkowski and Aaron Hernandez uh, when those two were the two highest paid tight ends in the NFL. In 2012, they both signed deals. Gronkowski was one by average yearly salary, and Hernandez was two by average yearly salary. Obviously, neither one of those guys... Appears like he could be the second coming of Aaron Hernandez, which would be great. So, um, But on the field, they're trying to replicate that. Um, they go out and get a couple receivers, uh, most notably Nelson Aguilar, who was playing for a veteran salary benefit contract last year with the Raiders. Um, One-year prove-it deal paid off there. Had a career high in um, receiving yards. Averaged like 18 yards per catch. Was a deep threat, which he was in Philadelphia. Twenty-two million over two years base value. Maxes out at twenty-six million, sixteen million in guarantees. I'm gonna get Matthew Judon to help shore up the defense. The pass rush, fifty-four point five million over four years. Maxes out at fifty-six million, thirty-two million in guarantees. Among the other signings, Kyle Van Noy comes back um, after his one-year stint in Miami. 
12 million over two years, 13.2 million dollar um, max. Jalen Mills, uh, 24 million over four years, 9 million dollars guaranteed to help uh, in the secondary. Dietrich Rise resigns, 22 million four years, 30 million dollar max with incentives, 10 million dollars guaranteed. Overall, the Patriots um, spent spent close to 300 million dollars in signing people to contracts, close to 300 million dollars with. Uh, like 160 in overall guarantees, not fully guaranteed signing, but still, that is something you did not expect to see out of Bill Belichick. <laughs> um, but the talent on the roster has been upgraded. The skill positions really needed to be upgraded because this goes back to when Tom Brady was last there in 2019 and played a role of him leaving, um, among other things, that the talent around him just was not good. So Cam Newton was not, <laughs> did not look like the old Cam Newton. Um, when he was the MVP form with the Panthers pre-injuries. Uh, he had probably the worst surrounding cast in terms of skill position players last year. That's not going to be the case this year because they've made a major upgrade. They were 7-9 last year. I don't know if part of this was because Tom Brady wins the Super Bowl, so Belichick comes out swinging. Missed the playoffs for the for, uh, first time, I think, since the year after they won the Super Bowl. The first Super Bowl, so I think that would be the 2002 season. I think um, they won it all once. I think it was 2002 last time they missed. No, last time, first time they had a losing record. I should say they missed playoffs when Brady was out and Matt Castle was a quarterback. Um, I think they won 11 games to miss the playoffs. But first losing season um, since his first year in New England, which was I think 2000. Seven and nine last year, so he's looking to try to get back in the playoff mix with all these signings. So we'll see how it pays off. Uh, mixed reviews on the uh, signings has, has been what a lot of people have thought some good, some thought it was bad, um, just not money well spent. Now, speaking of Tom Brady, Tampa Bay has uh, done a pretty good job of uh, being in a position to run it back. Levante David um, resigned, Rob Gronkowski resigned. Uh, Chris Godwin's on the franchise tag um, for almost $16 million. Shaquille Barrett's re-signed. And Tom Brady also committed to one more year. One year, $25 million extension um, where they freed up $19.3 million of cap room. Um, they've given he, – he had a cap number of $28.375 million. Um, cap number drops to $9.075 million. $40 million is turned into – Treated like signing bonus, $20 million fully guaranteed roster bonus, and $20 million signing bonus. The signing bonus, $15 million is deferred until payment is deferred until 2022. Um, they added three dummy years to stretch out the proration. That's how they get the cap number down so so low. So if Brady doesn't play after the 2022 season, they're going to have $24 million in dead money. Uh, this is uncharacteristic of Tampa Bay. Um, Tampa has been a team which is used pay-as-you-go contract model and by that I mean salary cap number and cash are the same each year so if you don't restructure a contract um, once the guarantees run out and usually the first couple of years because you're not given a signing bonus you have a uh, roster bonus which is not proratable um, in the first year then base salary guarantees in the second year typically and you can cut a guy, and there's no dead money or cap charge for a player no longer on the roster if you don't restructure the deal. So you have maximum cap flexibility. Huge departure uh, from that. But if you're going to go for it and not care about the cap consequences down the road, this is the team to do it. they got a 
old quarterback who is defying Father Tom like nobody else ever has. Uh, says he wants to play till he's 45, so uh, maybe he'll play longer than that. So the future is now. The window of opportunity is today. Don't worry about tomorrow. Um, Levante David's deal also had the voiding dummy years, two-year extension, $25 million, but three voiding dummy years as well. They added a dummy voiding year to Shaq Barrett's deal. So there, this is a huge departure for um, the Patriots. I mean, the not the Patriots, the Buccaneers, because this is just not how they do business cap-wise. But uh, they're going for broke as long as they have Tom Brady um, on the roster. Another thing that struck me was the receiver market was a lot softer than I anticipated. Um, the guy I thought who would go off the board very quickly was Kenny Galladay. Um, I figured that because Chris Godwin and Allen Robinson were given franchise tags and he was the only guy who was a legitimate number one receiver, although he, had, he was injured most of uh, 2020, only played five games, um, that he would be gone by the time free agency officially opened on Wednesday, uh, the 17th. But his he had kind of the old-fashioned free agency. Got to go on a trip, take a visit, drum up more interest. And ultimately, he ended up signing yesterday with the Giants. Um, $72 million over four years, averages $18 million per year, $40 million in guarantees, $28 million fully guaranteed at signing. Um, $76 million max through incentives. Now, coincidentally, last time the Giants had a number one receiver was Odell Beckham Jr. Odell Beckham Jr., who signed an extension in 2000. Um, 18 when the cap was 177.2 million. Averages they averaged 18 million per year as well. So, um, the market has topped out at about where it was uh, three years ago, because <laughs> um, that deal made him the highest paid um, wide receiver at the time. We saw other receivers uh, not fare so well. Corey Davis was the first guy to sign. Went to the Jets at great number two money, uh, 12 and a half million per year. Three-year deal, $37.5 million total, $27 million in guarantees. He's young, so he'll come up again where he can get another bite of the apple when TV money's infused into uh, the equation if he produces. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster's free agency didn't go the way he anticipated. He had, uh, basically anticipated he'd be leaving Pittsburgh, goes back on a one-year deal for, seven million, for $8 million, um, Juju Smith-Schuster to Pittsburgh. Will Fuller. Market didn't materialize the way he wanted. Goes to Miami. Uh, One-year deal, $10,058,235, fully guaranteed. $3 million in incentives, so it can max out at a little over $13 million, and he'll try to hit it next year in free agency. This was one market that has been a lot softer uh, than I thought it would be. That's not the case with the top of the offensive line market. We saw... Joe Tooney become the first $15 million per year guard. He signed with the Chiefs, who needed to do something to shore up the offensive line. Still don't know who's playing tackle, and that was a big problem in the Super Bowl. Um, $80 million over five years, $50.89 million in guarantees, $31.89 million fully guaranteed. Now, two guys should be really happy about that deal that uh, Joe Tooney signed. One, Brandon Sheriff, who got franchised for $18.036 million by the Washington football team. That's his floor. And then if I'm Quentin Nelson, a guy the Colts have as a priority to uh, sign an extension, he's got two years left because of the first-round pick. He's got a fifth-year option. 
The fifth-year options at the franchise tag number of thirteen point um, seven eight. Uh, I think seven eight one million is where it ultimately came in. I believe. So, I'd wait till all the dust is settled. Sheriff, I think, is going to get at least sixteen and a half million per year. <laughs> and if I'm Nelson, that's I'm looking to go over that. <laughs> I'm looking in the $17, $18 million per year range if things go as I think they will if I'm Quentin Nelson. Uh, Corey Lindsley became the highest paid center in NFL history at $12.5 million per year. Not the strongest structure for a player. $26 million guarantees, $17 fully guaranteed at signing. So theoretically, the Chargers could get out of the deal after making a one-year $17 million deal, but I anticipate at least he's going to play two years for the $26 million. Um, Trent Williams, you saw the value of someone not being able to be hindered by a franchise tag. Part of the acquisition last year during the draft after Joe Staley retired when the 49ers got him from the Washington football team was reworking his deal, and they agreed they couldn't put a franchise tag on him. Uh, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs made a push to get Trent Williams to come to Kansas City, but ultimately stays with the 49ers. Its build is a six-year, $138.06 million deal for an average of $23.01 million, which would be the uh, maybe the highest-paid offensive line in NFL history. It was David Bakhtiari at $23 million um, per year. But that's a little misleading. There's $45.1 million guarantees, $40.1 fully guaranteed at signing, but it's really a bifurcated deal. It's uh, 60.75 million over three years, which averages 20.25 million. And then there's an option for years 24 through 26 that has to be picked up before April 1st in 2023. And if the option's picked up, 10 million of 2023 becomes fully guaranteed. And then the last three years are for 77.31 million. So that's 25.77, those last three years average. So we'll see um, if they um, pick up those years. Um, pass rushers went off the board uh, very quickly. You saw an abundance of them. Um, that market was a little softer than I thought it would be as well. Um, Shaq Barrett topped out at $17 million per year among the pass rushers. I, I, I figured he might be in the $20 million per year range. Um, deal max is at $72 million over the four years. Um, 34.5 million fully guaranteed, 68 million over four years is the base value. Um, by comparison, two years ago in free agency, Trey Flowers, uh, not nearly the pass rusher that um, Shaq Barrett is, uh, goes from the Patriots to the um, Lions for 18 million per year, with 56 million in guarantees, with uh, 40 fully guaranteed at signing. Saw tons of guys, Bud Dupree, the uh, Torn ACL in December didn't impact him. Um, 82.5 million over five years, averaging 16.5 million per year to go to the Titans. Deal max is 85 million, 35 million in guarantees. Leonard Floyd um, stays with the Rams, 64 million over four years, 32.5 million dollars um, fully guaranteed. Carl Lawson um, goes from the Bengals to the Jets, 45 million over three years. Max is out at 47.4 million with incentives, 30 million fully guaranteed. Um, Trey Hendrickson replaces him in Cincinnati. $45 million over three years, $16 million guaranteed. Bengals deals don't have guarantees like most other teams, so the guarantee is going to be low. Matthew Judon uh, leaves the Ravens, just like every other good pass rusher they've ever had. Leaves the Ravens. <laughs> um, that 
Zadarius Smith, they let him walk out the door. <laughs> so there's a long history of them not keeping pass rushers and filling the need um, through the draft or um, within. This was surprising. This was a little low to me. $54.5 million over four years. Max is at $56 million, $32 million in guarantees. Yannick Ngakwe uh, didn't have the year he wanted, bounced around, wanted out of Jacksonville in the worst way, uh, gets traded to Minnesota. Then they trade him to the Ravens. Come playoff time, his, <laughs> he wasn't on the field very much for the Ravens. $26 million over two years to go to the Raiders, fully guaranteed. And no franchise tag. So we'll see if he can rehabilitate himself while in Oakland and get to the point where he can look to get over the $20 million per year mark, which is what he was supposedly looking for when he was uh, negotiating with the Jaguars a couple years ago. Now, offensive lineman who did the best was Leonard Williams, who was franchised by the Giants. He took advantage of his tremendous contract year, had 11.5 sacks in a contract year, career best, was the only player named NFC Defensive Player of the Week more than once in 2020. They franchised him a second time to buy more time, which they did to get a deal done. $63 million over three years. Averages $21 million per year. $45 million fully guaranteed. Hats off to Leonard Williams for putting himself in a position to reap the benefit of playing last year on a franchise tag. So that's some of the major things we've seen, we saw in free agency. Um, this year. One more. <laughs> the Raiders demantling of the offensive line. That was a little surprising. Trent Brown traded. Gabe Jackson traded to Seattle. Rodney Rodney Hudson won it out. <laughs> he gets traded to the Cardinals. So Colton Miller, the left tackle they drafted in the first line a couple years ago, now anchors the line. They cut Richie Incognito and then brought him back. <laughs> so John Gruden and free agency have been a strange mix. Uh, His guys haven't typically panned out. And now it's going to be interesting to see how this offensive line works with um, Derek Carr. He's played fairly well for them. So that was a little surprising, too, the Raiders dismantling the offensive line. Um, Hey there, it's John Kime of the John Kime Report podcast. I'm glad you're enjoying the Inside the Cap podcast with Joel Corey. When you're done, I invite you to listen to my podcast. Twice a week, my guests and I discuss the Washington football team and the NFL. The show features numerous NFL insiders, former and current players and executives, and taps into the insight gained in my 25-plus years covering this franchise. Check out the John Kime Report, another fine product offered by Empire Media. That's going to wrap it up for uh, this week's uh, Inside the Cap. I want to thank you guys for listening. Uh, Don't forget, you can find me on Twitter. That's Corey Joel, C-O-R-R-Y-J-O-E-L. And I have my regular CBSSports.com column, Agents Take, so check that out as well. Um, Thanks for listening, and we'll see you back here next time. Goodbye.